0: ladies and gentlemen fellas 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 welcome back to the podcast and the youtube channel today we're talking about some bounce back players bouncing like a basketball right back into 2020 after 2019 was maybe a little bit and probably was and is based on these players a disappointment based on where they were drafting and their expectations what's up wake up and if you've been up for 10 hours or you're about to go to bed then just wake back up because we got this video coming in and it's your time relax, roll your shoulders, crack your knuckles, lean back, take your slippers off, and let's get into this one. Take your shoes off too while you're at it. And this one is for you. 20 minutes of your time. Here we go. So my name is Salvatri, Cover Fantasy Sports. Hit the like button to support me big old subscribe button pops up that also supports me we're getting oh so close maybe your drafts coming up in a week or two so these videos are starting to get some traction if you hit the like and subscribe button it lets even more people see these videos which okay maybe your league mates you don't want them seeing it but come on help a brother out it's totally free to do so that's a big way to support and also fifty dollars a week only like five or six people a week are reviewing the podcast fifty dollars you got like a 20 percent chance of winning the salve show i want to start to get up past we got like 400 reviews i want to get up past some of those other big guys up top i mean we're ranking next to espn and CBS and things like that. Let's knock them off their pedestal. Come on, one man band here with the support of all of you. Let's do it together. So, be sure to do all that stuff. And behind me is the Supreme Draft Guide. You can see right now. I don't know why you haven't gotten it yet. The amount of people that have gotten it over the past 1 to 2 weeks and have said positive things is, is making me very excited. So, player rankings, tiers, uh player profiles, all the key stats, all those types of things and even more premium analysis started in August as well. So, be sure to check all this stuff out. It's only $10 thanks to Monkey Night Fight. That offer, I don't know when it's going to end any day now. So, be sure to get into it. Linked down below in the description all information on that but enough of all that let's get into our first bounce back player of the year from 2019 heading into 2020 right now the name of that player is Odell Beckham Jr. OBJ my number nine wide receiver this year Cleveland Browns owned the number two wide receiver on this team behind Jarvis Landry actually if you want to go just based off his stats and efficiency last year was Odell and I think he's going to bounce back in a major way this year let's look at what he did last year right he played in all 16 games now he played the entire season injured with a sports hernia that he had surgery on back in January but He played at 97% of the snaps. Tough guy to be out there for almost every single play on every single game. 74 receptions, still broke a thousand yards, just four touchdowns on 133 targets. That ended up being, as you can see here, a 25.6% target share. Okay, so we saw a crazy amount of targets. I don't even think he sees that much. Like I haven't projected for around 125, so a half a target less per game or so, right? Somewhere around there. But if that's going to be the case, then yeah, I don't think there's a reason he can't be more efficient. I don't think there's a reason that Odell, who had so many end zone targets, so many red zone targets, can't produce more than four touchdowns downs. And let's just look at the rest of the stats that I have on him. I'll put them up on the screen right now. 12.6 fantasy points per game was 33rd. Clearly not good. That's why we want him to basketball bounce his way all the way back this year. Uh, 31 deep targets was second only behind Kenny Galladay. That's the name of these guys' games. They're deep threat options. Odell, especially since coming to Cleveland, as you can see, Baker likes throwing the ball deep Uh, to anybody. Jarvis Landry, even from being just a slot receiver in Miami, doesn't really test the ball and test downfield much. Jarvis Landry became a downfield receiver, a downfield slot option and weapon last year. That's just what Baker likes to do. the way that this offense was run he saw 4.6 receptions per game he was 69th in catchable targets that's not good so a bad offensive line led to an inaccurate baker or maybe baker's just inaccurate we'll get to find that out this year maybe he's just not a good quarterback we'll get to find that out this year but running for your life doesn't help so he ended up being 69th in catchable target rate so that's not on Odell that's on the offensive line that's on the quarterback he was number one in drops last year he had 11 drops so again that's something that I would think would regress the other way I don't expect to lead the league in drops in back-to-back years and Cleveland threw the 20th most times per game now his quarterback Baker last year yeah some issues for sure all of his accurate stats were just not good whether it was clean pocket protection whether it was deep ball all those things are not great play action was actually pretty decent he threw 33 times per game 239.2 yards and 22 touchdowns now in the offseason they obviously changed their offensive scheme getting Kevin Stefanski as their head coach coming over from Minnesota who obviously ran two tight end sets and ran the ball a lot I think that was more so a factor of uh, just Minnesota's overall head coach there not so much the offensive coordinator but we'll get to see even if they run more two tight end sets and run the ball more I actually think it's going to benefit OBJ you think Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen last year when they were healthy they're producing fine they benefited off of play action passing something that Baker was actually good at last year so if they enhance that strength and I always think you should enhance strengths rather than focus on weaknesses and obviously that's going to depend right you want to obviously improve the weaknesses of your offensive line but when you're talking about your own personal skills yeah you don't want to focus all your time on improving your weaknesses because then you'll never have any strengths so Baker if you start to exploit more play action passing that's going to help especially for guys like Odell who could really take advantage of one-on-one matchups in the play action passing department in the offseason they didn't really do anything outside of just helping the offensive line right they didn't do anything in terms of bringing in weapons that'll threaten OBJ they brought in Austin Hooper okay that doesn't really scare me all that much they brought in a, a, a fullback and Andy Janovich doesn't scare me but what they ended up doing was improving the offensive line they got Jack Conklin Tennessee Titans offensive line and they ended up drafting a first round pick and Jedrick Willis they didn't really lose anything major in the offseason when it comes to a skill position players they didn't really draft any skill position players fifth round wide receiver donovan people jones or sixth round doesn't scare me they took harrison bryan in the fourth which if david njoku does get the trade that he's requested by the time you're watching this maybe he becomes a little bit more of, of a name to look at in dynasty and deeper leagues but for the most part it's going to be the two running backs kareem hunt and nick chubb and then it's going to be jarvis landry and odell and as you can see the target competition right here does not scare me it's jarvis landry who if anything might regress 90 catch season popped off last year, was a downfield weapon, was a red zone weapon last year as well, which is surprising. Um, you can see all, all of Jarvis Landry's stats as I'll, I'll leave up the target competition as well. Landry saw 26.6% of the target share, So this was a two receiver offense for the most part, right? So if they go to two wide receiver sets, it's not going to change much for me, in my opinion. If anything, it might hurt Landry having to move out of the slot more times to go to the outside, which then in fact helps Odell, who's also good in the slot and can take slants to the house, but is more dominant of an outside receiver than Jarvis Landry. And Landry saw 28% of the red zone last year usage. I think that number is going to just skew. Down a little bit. He did see six touchdowns, and I think that number, if it skews down again, only helps Odell, maybe the tight ends a little bit. Austin Hooper is now here, number six tight end in just 13 games last year with Atlanta. That was because they threw the most per game, so that helps. But he did catch 75 balls on 97 targets. He should also be using the red zone as he was used 25.7% of the times last year while he was with Atlanta. Kareem Hunt will take some catches as well as out of the backfield, but outside of wide receivers, it's just Jarvis Landry, Tywan Taylor, Damian Raleigh. These wide receivers are not scaring me off of Odell. So the biggest thing right now is that just regression isn't. In order for a guy who again played all season long last year with the sport hernia that he had ger- surgery on in January and then you end up having not accurate passing from your quarterback because there was no good offensive line so now a new coach comes in gonna run a scheme that probably benefits play action passing which is going to help Odell new offensive lineman hopefully cure that which then helps Baker and if you're just talking about regression in general touchdowns efficiency all those things not dropping as many passings passes it looks like Odell's in for a at least big bounce back year he's my wide receiver nine right now he finished like wide receiver 33 or 34 last year next Next up, the second year player who was a rookie last year being taken in the third and fourth rounds pretty often. David Montgomery, the guy who was breaking tackles left and right. That was the big thing about him. There was that meme of like the vision of um the vision of like La Thomason, the feed and burst of Saquon Barkley, Barry Sanders shiftiness, all these things, right? They they try to put together David Montgomery. He's nowhere near any of those guys. So the vision of Le'Veon Bell, it was like all those crazy things. Nowhere near any of those guys. But I do think he's in line for a major bounce back. Now, in general, David Montgomery, who still finished as like a top 25 running back last year, was still a bust but he's he's going right around his floor, in my opinion. Like you had a team and I'll pop up Kyle Yates tweet to kind of start this whole thing off. You had a team last year that just flat out sucked. Mitch Trubisky was bad. The defense naturally regressed like most top defenses usually do, which when your quarterback sucks and it makes your offense suck and your defense starts to suck, you know what's going to happen? You're going to start trailing in games. And how does that hurt anybody? It hurts the running back that doesn't catch passes and is a rookie and he's not going to get as much work in David Montgomery. Look at Kyle Yates tweet right here. The Bears in 2018 ran the ball 468 times when they had a very good defense, right? So they were heading games. And last year they ran the ball 395 times, which was obviously when they had a bad offense and a, a not terrible defense, but a regressed defense that was not number one anymore. And it was outside the top five, right? So they ended up losing 73 total rushing attempts. What happens if they just balance it out? The offense gets a little bit better. The defense even stays the same and they pick up, let's just say 30 rushing attempts. Tariq Cohen doesn't really run the ball all that much. Those 30 rushing attempts, let's just say 20 to 25 of them go to David Montgomery. And even if he was in as inefficient as he was last year, and he picks up his four yards per carry. There's an extra 100 yards. There's an extra 10 fantasy points. And he picks up an extra one touchdown on those 25 rushes, which honestly, he should probably pick up more. But one touchdown, there's an extra 16 fantasy points. Maybe he catches another pass. So we're talking about like a 20 point natural built in difference if he continues to suck. And if he just doesn't see a ton of rushing uh touchdowns in red zone rushing attempts, which was not the case last year so david montgomery in my opinion a guy who when you factor in his receiving yards last year almost had 1100 total yards in seven touchdowns it wasn't pretty he only had 25 receptions i say only loosely that's pretty decent for a guy who's not known for catching passes and has a tariq cohen in your backfield Who last year ended up catching 79 passes on 104 targets i actually think you saw like the worst case scenario for him last year if nick Foles improves this offense it can get even better now last year's stats just to show you the accounting stats 57.9 percent of the snaps as a rookie he ran the ball 242 times he ended up having 889 rushing yards not good his efficiency 3.5 true yards per carry which is brutal ranked 56 but seven touchdowns helped him had a couple of multi-touchdown games he caught 25 of 35 passes as well and that helped him overall get his yardage up to around 1070 but here's the thing he was known for breaking tackles and that's what he did he was 13th in evaded tackles last year he was just 53rd in yards after contact which ended up making him very inefficient 60th in yards created per touch not good but he's used heavily, heavily in these offense, one of the only workhorse running backs. And you can get him in like the fifth round right now, outside of the he's past the top 20 running backs in overall ADP. He had 65% of the red zone carries last year and 87.5% of the carries inside the five true workhorse running back in the red zone, not a three down back necessarily because Tariq Cohen, but if indeed they start to trail less, then there's not as much reason for Tariq Cohen to stay on the field in trailing situations, or at least to the degree that he did last year, more reason for David Montgomery to get an extra two carries per game, one to two carries per game. That's going to add up over time. The Bears offensive line last year, it ranked 20th in run blocking, 20th in pass blocking. It wasn't anything special. I don't expect it to improve in any major ways based on what they did this off season. They brought in some not so great offensive linemen in free agency They drafted a seventh round offensive lineman. So the offensive line, probably the thing that worries me the most because you bring in Jermaine Effendi from Seattle, who if you can't make it on Seattle's offensive line, that's not good. You bring in Jason Spriggs, who might be decent for you. That's probably your best addition in the whole offseason in terms of the offensive line. So that is a concern. But again, if they can just start to get ahead in positive game scripts, it's going to help David Montgomery a big amount. Just looking at David Montgomery's game logs in general last year, this is what you start to see. Um, he had decent weeks, like he was just treading water. Uh, week two, 13.8. Week three, 11.1. then 9.7, 10.6, right? So decent spanner being like a flex option for you. And then from weeks eight through eight to nine, he had 24 and a half, 22 and a half fantasy points. Okay, we're starting to see some things. He had 12 of eight tackles in week eight. That ended up being 71% of the snap share. He had 147 total yards. He actually caught four balls. When you get that type of a game out of him more, often a game where they're actually leading or have short fields and he can score touchdowns, right? So that's good to see. But then he just goes on a streak of sucking, right? Uh, in week 10 on six, six, five, 16 is good, but six, five, six, right? These are terrible performances. So he actually had a strong first half of the year. But as the season went on, uh, injuries to the defense, injuries to some of the offensive line, Mitch Trubisky continuing to suck even more, right? Um, and they started to pass the ball more. Anthony Miller came on a lot more in the second half of the year. Allen Robinson just kind of treaded water after a hot start. And David Montgomery was phased out as Tariq Cohen started to catch more passes and be pretty inefficient with them, to be honest with you, in the passing game. Cohen, based on where he's going, I still think he's a fine option. But Montgomery, based on where he is, look, we have, we have a rookie running back who was very inefficient last year, but still had over a thousand yards and still had seven touchdowns because of how often this team ran, even when trans- Imagine if they're just not trailing as much. They can still suck. They could be a 7 and 19, but as long as they're not trailing as much as they did last year, it's going to help David Montgomery. Now the backfield competition, this is the exact reason why. In terms of running backs on the ground to take touches away from him, not there. Tariq Cohen in the passing game will, but that's only again in a major way if they continue to trail in games. And that's what we're not betting on here if indeed we're trying to be pro David Montgomery. Tariq Cohen last year only ran the ball 64 times. Fantastic for David Montgomery. He's not going to be taking touches on the ground away from him. 213 yards on the ground, but he caught 79 passes on 104 targets. Tariq Cohen was a number three, well, number two in targets, but number three overall wide receiver on this team as a running back. He played a lot of the slot, which doesn't impact David Montgomery, but he was behind Allen Robinson and Anthony Miller. Then after that, it's nobody. It's Ryan Null, who was decent in the preseason, had a pretty long run, I believe, last year in the preseason, but he played in two games last year, had two carries for eight yards on 30% of the snaps, no targets. So he's obviously not a factor. It's Artavius Pierce, who is clearly not a factor. So it's David Montgomery's backfield to take. You want to bet on the volume and not the talent, but the talent still might be there if he just has a little bit improved of an offensive line. Don't know if he'll have that and if he can just do anything after contact with another year in the league because if david montgomery's offense gets better and he's just naturally is going to see instead of 242 carries he sees 270 275 carries this year and he starts to really break out now just because of volume what happens if the talent improves right he could already evade tackles what happens if he learns how to pick up an extra couple of yards after contact which he didn't do last year now you're looking at a running back who can honestly push for a, a 1250 to 1300 total yard season just on the ground alone and start to push for like a 1400 total yard season 1500 with his reception. So that's obviously the ceiling we're talking about, but a realistic range of outcomes is that just the offense improves and he gets a little bit better after contact and he starts to be a better running back than RB 24 or 25, where he's currently going off the board. He's right now my RB 22. And then I'll just touch on two honorable mentions. One, Juju Smith-Schuster, but this is like a natural, right? Because Juju was hurt last year. Big Ben was hurt. So it's just like a natural. It's the obvious bounce back that a lot of people are probably going to say. I personally don't believe in Big Ben. I personally don't believe in this offense as much as many people do. Big Ben, and they had a historic season two years ago. He threw for over 5,000 yards. The number one passing. Offense. Like, that was one of the best offenses we've ever seen, right? It was a young James Conner before, before all of his injuries. It was Antonio Brown still being there. It was having Juju as a, a 20 year old guy who was just out of the slot with no pressure on him and not a lot of coverage. Now, Juju, coming back from injury with Big Ben, I assume it's going to be better than Mason Rudolph. I assume it's going to be better than Duck Hodges. And it's the obvious choice to say bounce back because he was just injured last year and so was his quarterback. But I'm not necessarily going to lay down my flag as I will with David Montgomery, as I will with Odell Beckham Jr., because I think that Baker Mayfield and the that they made on the offensive line will actually help Odell. I think that the changes that they made on offense, just in general, Anthony Miller, another year in the league, still having Al Robinson and now getting Nick Foles and the defense still being fine in Detroit. I think that helps David Montgomery, who went from being a rookie to now a second year player. Juju, I think he'll be okay, but I don't know if he's like this amazing wide receiver that we think he is. And yes, I know all the stats of, oh my God, Juju Smith-Schuster, youngest guy to catch this many yards. I know all those stats, right? I I get it. I, I get that he's a good wide receiver. I just don't know if he's as elite as we say he is, like a second round wide receiver. Talent in these drafts, like people are taking him. And it's not even as much on Juju. Like, Juju can play 16 games and be fine. It's more so an indictment on Big Ben. Like, Big Ben has been very much injured. What happens if Big Ben gets hurt again? What happens if Big Ben just sucks? So, I think the bounce back candidate for Juju is clearly there. I just don't think it's as good as Odell and David Montgomery, in my opinion. And then Deshaun Jackson, another obvious one. Like, the guy's pretty much played two games in the past two years because he gets injured. But with Deshaun Jackson, Alshon Jeffrey's going to be on the pup list. After that, no real options out there for the Eagles in terms of experience. Marquis good when they trade for. A guy who has some experience from the 49ers, but not, he's pretty much the exact same option as Deshaun Jackson in terms of what they do. They burn down the field. So Jackson will be on the field ahead of him. Then you have Jalen Rieger. You have all the other rookies, Quez Watkins and, and all John Hightowers, those other guys that they took, obviously the two tight ends. But if we're talking about Deshaun Jackson, when we see him on the field, he's efficient and you can currently get him right now, like as your wide receiver six, and obviously has a wide receiver one upside week in and week out. So I think he's a bounce back player just because of the injuries, if he can finally stay healthy. So those are four guys, bounce back players. Honorable mentions Juju and Deshaun Jackson. And as you see, David Montgomery, on the screen with Odell are the guys that I want to get to. And before you go, hit the like button. Hit the big old subscribe button that just popped up. Let me know who are your bounce back players down below. Be sure to leave a review on the podcast if you're listening over there, or if you're listening on YouTube, you can go over there. iTunes, the you Show, chance to win fifty dollars hairs. And then lastly, on the screen behind me is one of the landing pages for the Supreme Draft Guide on my site, Fantasy Sports Focus. All information is down below on how you can get it. Limited time offer only for sixty-seven percent off. Just ten dollars instead of thirty. Check it out if you are indeed eligible based on the time of you watching this video. Why would you not take in this information and I have a much better chance of beating your league mates and winning the thousand dollar prize or whatever is in your league? Do just for $10 to be able to get all that info, player rankings, tiers, um, player profiles, key stats, rankings, and all these things, reliability charts, premium analysis. Check it all out down below if you want to support me. My name is Sal. Thank you for tuning into this one and I'll see you all in the next one.